Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. Good morning. Welcome to Product Coffee. Today, I'm joined by Kevin Gentry, Patrick Kuchikowski, and Jake Berlin. And we're going to be talking about democratization. So to kick us off, Patrick, why don't you tell us what democratization actually is and what it's useful for? I suppose it's probably better to kind of give an example so that you know people understand what we're talking about, because there's certainly plenty of different use cases. Um, in particular, kind of what we're chatting about today is a different project or a different product that has multiple different components. You know, in particular, you know, at Ibotta, we're looking at some new uh, web vertical channels that we're opening up. Um, but that brings a number of different challenges where, you know, different owners previously owned a part of a product surrounding, you know, in my case, registration and Louis e-commerce. But how do we end up as a team breaking down something that's so large, like the entire web experience into different parts. So it really is, how do we give ownership to different elements, make sure that we're all aligned and operating and moving forward seamlessly. So that's kind of where we're gonna be focusing. Um, So opening it up to kind of the crew, um, obviously this is one example, but what are some examples across all of us of different democratization efforts? Kevin, I know you've probably done a ton with different ad products. Jake, certainly much the same um, with a fair amount of kind of retailer integrations. And what's gone well, what hasn't? Yeah, what's the, so it sounds like what you guys are talking about are kind of like you had, you were responsible for a specific domain and then that domain gets kind of to the point where, you know, it, it's it's a little unwieldy for one specific squad to own and maybe more manageable for others um, to kind of contribute to it. Um, where that kind of, that's a, that's a good level of the product, right? You got to that point where it's, it's, it can be, um, like you said, democratized amongst other teams. The best way that I like to think about it is to scale by experiences. Um, so registration is an experience and having a team focus on that experience. I think you guys would be set up for success where it it gets a little muddy is when you kind of are, well, I'm responsible for this experience on this platform or, you know, um, or maybe, you know, we're responsible for it, but we're not actually doing anything for this experience. This, this quarter, for example, gets a little muddy, um, in terms of, you know, if you guys are focused around platforms and features rather than experiences, but, um, yeah, Yeah, I'm curious to see. Yeah, go ahead. I think that's true. And I think one of the things is, as you said, it's a, it is a symptom that happens as you start growing, right? At some point, you cannot just have 30 people on a squad working in a particular domain, right? You, we know squads and teams work in the sizes of six and eight very well, you know, maybe a little bit bigger if you had to. But realistically, like there's a there's a dividing line where it goes, it's too many people in one problem space. 
So can we separate it by problem spaces, right? And even in like the extension that I work on predominantly, we're in the process of spinning two squads to work in that problem space with different focus areas. But I think the, and so the end goal is I think where every big company goes, you have somebody who owns an experience inside of a product and, or even a part of a physical product. And ultimately the goal is to make it so that that team runs perfectly well. Now, I think there are some challenges in getting there, which is probably why this topic is incredibly uh, top of mind for all of us. Um, but yeah, I'll see what everybody else thinks. Yeah, I think when, when I think about democratization, it's, Louis, I think you make a really good point that it's a, it's a symptom of growth, that it's a symptom of a time when the company decides they don't want to say or as much and they want to say and. Um, and so it's how, how do you do that effectively? And I think that's kind of where we're at today. Like it's a good, it's a good problem to have. It means you have resources, you have product market fit, you have all of these things to be able to do that. But I think the execution is where it gets a little bit messy. So yeah, Patrick, you guys are right in the thick of it right now. Like, how's it going? Well, I can say that there's a lot of hopes for what democratization will be. And those hopes are going to take quite a lot of time to execute. And everybody wants it right now. Uh, in particular, right, let's, we're talking about the web side of the company, um, which prior to recently had a grand total of six engineers. And in order to make two or three teams out of that, you have to effectively double, if not triple your hiring base. So the question that we've had recently that I think Patrick and I are working through together is how can we make meaningful progress on this, knowing that the end owners for some of these features are going to ultimately be in different places? And that's kind of one of the things we've been working through. Um, but it's definitely one of those parts as well, where Patrick's kind of said, are we stopgap fixing something? Are we, um, you know, putting a solution in that's going to last? You know, there's, I think, a lot of those questions jump in there. Yeah, and I think kind of to lose point, the bigger problem, and I'd be curious across the team too, is I think we have a longer term solution we can put in place and we know kind of broadly the feature sets we're trying to get to. We've already started on you know experimental designs. We're already starting some of our research tasks in order to get these designs in front of users. But the real problem is, is when you go from a scale of six to 30 or, you know, I think we're now going above and beyond that. The bigger challenge becomes how do you hire and what kind of people are you hiring to in order to make this work? Because it's not as simple as saying that, you know, you just you know throw bodies at a problem. And I think that's one of the main challenges with democratization, especially at, you know, late stage companies is people view one engineer as an equivalent engineer, and that's generally not the case. So for us, you know, and I think this is true across the industry, you can generally hire more junior developers, junior PMs, designers, et cetera, to come and step in and help. But does that actually solve the problem for you or does it just create, you know, tech debt that you're not going to be able to solve immediately? And you really need to instead slow down a little bit, hire much more senior and staff engineers to come in, mentor, guide, and be able to accelerate the team instead of just saying, hey, we have eight engineers, but those eight engineers are all junior. It's going to take three times as long for them to get up to speed. Yeah, I think that, sorry to jump back in, but I think that there's, this kind of highlights the, the pain point I think that we've been feeling, which is 
democratization being an objective, something that you obtain versus something that you force. And when you try to force it, right, you end up with new teams, with new people, with not enough mentorship or tenure at the company to achieve goals that are relatively challenging. And that's not really a recipe for success. Um, I think that one of the reasons why we've hit such a struggle is because we want to make that reality of democratization happen so quickly that, you know, realistically, I think the way if we just said, okay, well, you know, we're going to add on more engineers and give it some time, you know, into an existing squad. And then when it fractures naturally, we'll have two and they'll have experience and then we'll be able to make two and make four, et cetera. Uh, Whereas right now, I think we're kind of going with the approach of let's make six squads, you know, and what do they, what do we need to have in place to have six squads work? Um, And we're kind of fumbling a little bit. So you're kind of approaching the staffing first rather than the problem. Is that kind of fair to say? Well, I think the trick is we're trying to do it both simultaneously. And this is, to your point, the challenge with the experience is as PMs in particular, if we're thinking about an experience, we're going to get ahead of the teams now. So we're in a situation where we can go out to do our research, do our due diligence in order to understand what the end experience should look like. The challenge we run into is kind of what Lou was talking about for long-term solutions and short-term solutions. So with such a large democratization, I think it's acceptable to, to instead of having, say, like a, you're saying one squad that maybe is approaching one or two projects, it's pseudo waterfall-y, you, know, you can only do so much at one time before you can move on to the next task. If you bring in six different teams, the hope is you can do six different features at once. That doesn't necessarily materialize. So you have to do experience trade-offs. Yeah. So it's hey, is this an okay solution for the next three months, four months? But then what do we look like right. six months out? And so now it's all about how, as especially you know, senior group and directors, how do we all kind of contribute to that vision so that it feels cohesive? And I think that's the key with democratization is all of us need to be in lockstep towards a final solution and a final cohesive experience instead of worrying as much about some of these, you know, like the small steps basically to get us there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think the, so what it is these squads are doing, these groups are doing is super important for it to be successful. So really uh, um, defining what part of the experience that each squad owns and can contribute to is super critical. So instead of having a feature kind of um, based team, then it's it's more of like, well, this is the uh, sign-on team or this the registration team, right? Um, this is, or you, you can even get as granular, like search on mobile, for example, team, uh, depending on the size that you're at. Right. Um, and that just be, you know, that, that allows these teams to kind of focus on experience rather than features and, and not kind of muddy up the too many features in, in one place, but yeah. Well, and I'm kind of curious because, um, I know all of us have worked at much smaller startups as well. And so, this, I think, is a, a classic scale challenge that I've seen at late stage, you know, startups, you know, more corporate entities where they have potentially the capital to bring in as many developers. But I think the same problems exist in just a slightly smaller framework for much smaller startups. So you may have started with a, a single team who's building the entire feature set, the entire product. But what happens when you suddenly get a little bit of funding, you get that you know, series A, and you're like, well, we need to accelerate and bring in two more squads. 
it's almost how do you break a feature out? How do you look towards the future? Yeah, I think that's that kind of was into the it, it's kind of the interesting solution part because I, I was definitely there first company. We raised some capital, ended up, you know, effectively tripling our head count over a couple of months. And what I would say is like, you know, as you kind of taking a step back as a PM, it's often good to pay attention to where the natural dividing lines are. You know, is there an area of focus where people are naturally gravitating toward like these three people, these four people are focusing in on this problem space because it takes them to really do this. And like the fracture lines start coming pretty, pretty evident. I was actually going to take it back and try to loop into the solution that Patrick and I were talking about for the problem that we've kind of faced currently, which is, you know, we, as Patrick said, we have this long-term vision that we want to accomplish we also know that the domain expertise is not quite in place yet. And what we kind of figured is that we had to kind of accomplish two things, which were kind of competing priorities. One was dealing with making improvements that were needed for our leadership team for, um, for Ibotta in the relatively near future. And the other ones were long-term improvement organizational setups that we could really drive home, you know, the metrics in 2022. And so what we kind of decided on was to, you know, get some quick fixes out there, get some quick wins for the team and let people start building some domain knowledge in that space, but also communicating that, hey, what we build today is effectively, um, you know, going to be throwaway in four to six months. But the benefit is that it's going to give us four to six months of research and knowledge and you know, training for the new people who onboard, uh, which is kind of where we were going. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, so um, if we were to think about the ways um, that democratization harms um, the organization or the product teams, um, would you guys be able to speak a little bit to, or, towards that? Maybe if you, if you were to have gone a different route or you uh, proposed a different route, what would that look like? Or have you been through something like that before? I think I'll really quickly throw it over the wall to Jake, uh, simply because he kind of had, I think, positive and negative experiences with this in the exact same light, both that I bought and probably other companies with growth, um, in particular with his domain and trying to scale across, you know, a number of different integrations at once. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great point. I think it the the trouble gets starts to manifest when people start tripping over each other. It's not, it, there, there are a couple different things that start to happen. One is you have different teams with different processes working in the same code base. Um, so sometimes what you see is you'll have one team make a change and that breaks something for another team. And you, you spend half your time just adjusting to what other teams are doing in the same space. But I think the other piece of it too is is the knowledge transfer. So a lot of times what I've seen is a new team will be spun up and they have no context. They have no background. They don't have any sort of any sort of understanding of the decision history. Um, so they will make decisions based on assumptions that aren't necessarily true. Like, hey, oh, we we want to do this thing. We want to, we want to switch from from this old service to this new service. Uh, but we don't think anyone's ever tested this before. We're like, well, yeah, there's been a lot of testing done. There's been a lot of evaluation. Here are all the insights and here are all the conclusions. And here's why we did X, Y, Z. It's like, oh. And those those conversations, I don't think happen by default, which is what's really what's really challenging with democratization. Like those kinds of knowledge transfer, decision context type, type discussions 
um, are oftentimes forced or they have to be forced as as part of a democratization process. So, yeah, those are those are just two things that I have experienced. I think once you get over those humps, though, I mean, you're you're totally changing the capacity game for your team. But it is definitely turbulent and it, it, it def- definitely is not a straight line from A to B in my experience. So there's almost this kind of um, transitional phase to democratization that you'll have to kind of go through this handoff phase almost yeah. to, to ideate on what problems you guys want to go solve and where have you been and what do we need to know kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, it's a whole different, it's a whole different process game, right? Cause now you have multiple teams who are working on related problems and often are crossing paths within the code base and, how do you build process to make sure that you're not just undoing and redoing work um, that other people are doing? So it's, yeah, it's an organizational challenge and it's a knowledge transfer challenge as much as it is like it's an actual problem solving challenge. Yeah, I think, and it also, Jake, you probably agree with this too, that it's different for different problems that are being solved, right? In our company, the web code base is, relatively nascent. It's incredibly new. It's very small. There's not a lot of code that's going on there and having a large chunk of people jump into a small code base is go- is definitely going to create some issues versus you can probably also say that you it might be easier with a product that has a lot of, you know, a bigger code base with more, you know, legacy decision making in a way like it's kind of different challenges based on different product needs. Oh yeah. That we're like yeah. Oh, is that kind of where like microservices come into play and like being more nimble as a team and having your kind of own domain that you're responsible for and that talks to each other's and kind of like APIs and microservices will land? Is that more beneficial when you start to scale like that? In my opinion, yeah, I think that's the whole point of a microservice architecture is that that allows you to be able to operate nimbly. That was a good word, Kevin. operate nimbly without having to have the full context, right? Because I think the, the point is you can have SLAs between domains without understanding what's going on within that domain. And so, yeah, you can spin up these new teams. You're like, oh, you want to go talk to this service? Like, here's the expectation. Here's what you're going to get. Here's what you need to give. Uh, but you don't need to know how that domain actually works to make decisions in your own. So, yeah, maybe that's the, the key to the kingdom. One thing we haven't brought up about kind of taking that a step further is democratizing across domains that are kind of a little bit less logical, right? Like we've talked about a pretty specific one. We need to democratize our website. It's all the same code base. It's kind of all the same process. But what about democratizing across groups or domains into areas that, you know, traditionally wouldn't be ours? I know we're dealing with one right now where we're fundamentally blocked by one particular team. Um, and we've requested some resources to be able to do work in the platform side of our business so that we can effectively unblock ourselves. Um, but that's not us even sharing a domain. That's us kind of working in uh, somebody else's domain where they already have, you know, kind of maybe a, uh, you know, hold on that particular space. So how do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think... Just before this, we were talking a little bit about, interesting enough, the role of project management, at especially like a larger company like ourselves. Um, I think this highlights exactly how we can start to overcome those particular barriers. So 
the challenge with democratization is oftentimes you no longer have a single leader or a single vision coming from you know a director or VP who can really wrangle every bit of that democratization to make it happen. So as soon as you have to cross over between basically different people and different egos, different squads, all that sort of stuff, that's where it can start to break down. So leaning on somebody to help with just the process of saying, hey, we need additional resources. Here's the business case. Here's what you know all the actors are. Here's when those timelines are. It can be particularly valuable, especially if you can't have a single PM who's basically going to be dedicated to it. So if we were to um, talk about homework we'd have for our listeners to um, what kind of homework would we kind of provide them with for democratization as a topic? I think one of the pieces that we didn't get a chance to touch on is you need to be thinking about something like democratization a lot further in advance than where we are today, right? Because what I think happened in our particular case is we all of a sudden, oh my God, let's democratize now. But in, and obviously we're seeing the growing pains of what happens when you make a, a last minute decision. But in a good instance, right, for one of our teams, our extension team, we're go, we've been going through this gradual process for at least a few months already because we're just starting to work on two teams organically, two different problem spaces, and we've been confronting those challenges. So I'd say think ahead. In addition to that, I would question if throwing people at the problem is always the answer just ask yourself that question um maybe it is maybe it isn't yeah i would i would say um focus on experiences and um uh that's you know and, and try to break those down um to where it makes sense um and um that that helps you scale the team a little easier um but but and try to remove the technical constraints as much as possible when we know that that's tough and challenging but great well it looks like we all finished our coffee so uh thank you for joining product coffee um go rate and subscribe and do all the fun stuff share out on linkedin and um yeah go level up